0: July 27, 2009. if so what From Pedro Show.
1: I was doing it Time and time again it just Made things worse It seems you see the most of what is
2: lot
0: for pedro show i'm here in not pedro though i'm in new york city
3: and uh which is nitro uh, nitro yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's
0: uh, the lower east side part of new york city
2: yeah
0: and uh it's richard hell's pad here Mm -hmm. and uh he's my guest on the show oh i should say i started off with john coltrane doing welcome Welcome Richie, the lot from Pedro Show. And I wish we, I'd have heard it. And then
3: <laughs> When do I get to hear
0: it? <laughs> as soon as we get it done it'll go yeah. right up. Right. <laughs> you can hear it many, many times. Right. <laughs> and then we heard time. Speaking of times. Right. By um,
3: a demo version that's on Spurt, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because when I got it it was on a seven inch and one side had two neon Boys boys
3: and 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 one had Don't Die
0: and Time. time, uh, Now, were those demos? mm -hmm. Oh, same exact version that's on Spurt. Yeah. But maybe a little less crack.
3: I I wonder how much different they sound. I don't know because, you know, you definitely went through a few stages of mastering. Right. I remember
0: the level was pretty low because you had two songs on each side. So it was kind of quieter. On the record player, I'd have to turn it up a little bit. But they were... uh, they are trippy sounding compared to uh, the Blank Generation. And, of course, it was the first time I ever heard Neon Boys. I
3: had no it's idea. It's the only time anybody ever heard Neon Boys, you know. You guys a, yeah, never nothing else. We never played that. live, and that's the only thing... Neon I never Boys heard never it. had a gig. No. Wow. Yeah, in fact, we made... We cut those tracks that are on that single you're talking about, which are also on Spurts. Yeah, right, right. the compilation CD from Rhino. Um, we made those... Uh, tapes because we had finally just thrown in the town thought we can't find a second guitar player and we had, had Billy Ficka up in New York away from home um, brought him here in order to form a band and then we spent months looking for a guitar player and we couldn't find one uh, but we had rehearsed those songs and written those songs in the, in, in, during that period and so we thought well we gotta have something to show for this effort before we send B- Billy home um, and that's what we did we went in and, and uh, recorded like six songs yeah, because three it's high that I, heel I wrote shoot. and sang I mean I wrote the lyrics and mm-hmm. sang he, at that time I hadn't really I wasn't really writing music yet um, uh, though I kind of came up with this song called High Heel Wheels which that's it High Heel Wheels because that's the same bass line as You Gotta Lose I mean it's, it's based on the same uh, anyway so but Tom, uh, Tom did three and I did three and Tom uh, never um, allowed his to be released so what three were those? Uh, I can't remember the names of them. Because I have one of them some was s- called Hot Dog. One of them was called, uh, I think one of them was called 1650. I'm not sure. Maybe Poor Circulation. I can't remember if sure. on
0: Because I got some gigs of you guys playing together yeah. as television. And I think. And then per- a
3: couple of those songs survived, yeah. Poor Circulation. Uh, well,
0: your first bass like is you, you Gotta Lose, and that you put it on the high heel, heel wheels.
3: Right. How'd you get into the bass? Well... When, From a bass player. <laughs> well, just uh, when we started a band, yeah. um, uh, we wanted to be able to play right away. Yeah. And you can... Um, and Tom had been playing guitar for years. Um, it I, I, it would have taken me way much longer to become competent enough on uh, guitar to perform... Uh, than it would to learn some bass lines just by rote. Every once in. So that's basically the reason why, because it was possible to play it right away without okay. any really knowledge of of how it's played, except that you learn your line, yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you can gradually pick it up as you go along. So,
0: Did you know bass players?
3: I, I never even realized what a bass was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like I that. I didn't too. have any idea what... Uh, purpose it served in a band I mean um, uh, and you know that can be an advantage in a way because you don't, you're not trapped in any conventions you know Um, but on the other hand I have come to really appreciate good bass playing Um, and uh, so I, I wish I'd had you know it makes me wish that I at least had the option uh, of playing well, <laughs> when, right. back in those days, but I didn't because you I didn't, were in the I moment. Right. I did not know. I didn't really. I did not know what the function of the bass was. You know, except I knew that. Uh, I mean, obviously, it it supplies the bottom. Okay, hang oh. on one second. <laughs> Can, are you going to stop it or no? <laughs> hey,
0: so you know, yeah, are, that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, was that correct in your email? That you know what I think. Uh, What he kind of means is, uh, I'm going to ask him when he comes back in here, but I think what he means is the urge to get the band going was stronger than having to realize what the bass bass was. Uh, So, you know, a band needed a bass, uh, so he's going to do the bass. I mean, this is what I'm guessing. Now, my situation, um, my mother, uh, not my mother, Dee Boone's mother. Sorry about that. that. She said, "You're going to be the bass player because I guess uh I I had that I yeah, you bass know, we saw it on record covers too I don't a lot know. uh you know all the bands had bases, uh, uh well, the doors did I don't you, think did you do. have a suggestion? but um uh, I ended up on it i I was really glad I did uh like Richard, I kind of wished a little bit I would have known, yeah, what it was about." I, I didn't even realize, kind of, it, it was heard about low end. Right but when he heard that story, he said,
3: that's the Okay, I, get I don't know. I'm trying just, back just back. very
0: interested keep in this now. Keep talking, because, while I'm in the other room. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, from this point. So, what am I, I was telling the people there is the urge to get the band together was stronger than the need to know what the bass was. So, sure, I'll do it.
3: Um, well, but you know, at the, at the, the, the theory was um, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. I could just be shown um, adequate, simple mm-hmm. bass lines that I could just learn by rote. And little by little, as we uh, learned more songs and I pre- rehearsed, I would get the hang of, mm-hmm. uh, of you know, playing stuff that was. More complex and also of, of making up my own bass lines instead relying yeah, right. on Verlaine to show me something simple that would that would um, oh Tom showed you know, suffice you because oh, wow. um, it always yeah, seemed to
0: me my uh, right. my take on your bass lines was like this trippy kind of f- feeling it out
3: well, well by the time you heard anything I oh. was writing them all right right okay um, there's there's this, I'm just talking about this you know, personalized like, way. six months of Neon Boys in the Television and oh. uh, Television I would. Just be shown parts by Berlin because I had never, I didn't know how to play. Right, right, right.
0: Where the okay, this urge to make the band, where did this come from? How did you meet Tom?
3: Oh gee, born okay, <laughs> but
0: you wanted to make I a band. Mean, I, I, you met this guy so who played guitar, and you I wanted to make a band over with
3: him. That stuff so much, so often, so. Yeah, many but I, I haven't
0: really heard it a lot.
3: You've Not asked from you from the band. before. Yeah, I, I have. Just, you just don't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a big problem with me. <laughs> But they might be curious. When we
3: first met, you were asking me all Yeah, this stuff. of
0: course. I had about 10 million uh, things to ask me.
3: Uh, See, so you can't turn this thing off? Once we yeah, start, okay. we're, we're just going? I can turn it off. Maybe we should have a little discussion. Okay. Hold on.
0: We'll play some music.
4: About the good things they-
3: recording? Yeah, now we are. Oh. Um, Tell us what we played, Yeah, this was, uh, that was Charlie Parker from 1948 on 52nd Street playing live when a, a guy just uh, came to the gig. as another musician with a tape recorder, um, obviously um, sitting near to Bird uh, and the bass player, and you can hear the drums pretty well. Uh, but a couple of those spots in there where you can kind of pick up miles because uh, he's in the group too um but uh very young not only does he not play that much but the guy who was taping wasn't interested in anything but bird uh so you don't hear mu- hear much of the miles but yeah god it's just uh it's so um i mean it just carries you off to another plane listening to that playing and to imagine that uh that's all live and he's making that up as he goes along and uh, and uh, uh, there's nothing like that now that I know about where you can go sit someplace and um, just be uh, lifted out of yourself by this like magnificent imaginative musical thing going on anyway so that was um, Bird from a CD called Bird on 52nd Street um, which is just a uh, bootleg it was brought out on uh, originally re- I mean, uh, uh, eventually released um before that we heard the five Royals doing a uh, a cut called think from 1957 um they wrote that tune and then a couple of years later james brown recorded a version that got uh it's better known um but uh, the Five Royales were interesting for being um, a kind of transition group between sort of gospel to doo wop, but leading into what would be called soul music. Because and and you you can hear uh, the the attention they give to the guitar in their group, which was never done by that type of group uh, at that time, and it sounds really great. Um, and then before that was uh, James Brown himself. Um, Doing uh, "I Can't Stand Myself" when you touch me from 1967. Part um, one. What? Part one. Part one. All right. <laughs> um, okay, but then you were asking me why I started a band. Was that what it was? Like what, oh, made, yeah. me be, what made me uh, go in, go into it, uh, out of having no uh, musical background, suddenly uh, yeah. begin a rock and roll band? Well. Um, i had I had some knowledge of music when I was a kid yeah. I uh, played clarinet oh. <laughs> for uh, two or three years. It, I was really lazy about it, but I had a facility for it yeah, yeah. and it's was, it was a funny thing when when I was a kid for whatever reason, um, you know I guess different instruments uh, have different cycles of popularity for this yeah. instrument or that and for whatever reason when I was in junior high school, um, clarinets were the instrument that, of choice. Uh, and linguistic. my school orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the whole the whole orchestra was maybe 40, 45 people or something like that, yeah. right? Big public school. Yeah. In like 8th or ninth grade, um, there were 22 clarinets. So band's <laughs> clarinet. <laughs> in a band of 45. And, um, and I was... Uh, um, Second chair, first section. In other oh. words, I was the next to best player, right. and uh, and but I, and I was next to the best of somebody who actually cared. And I, <laughs> uh, no, but what I is this? I could never get. It. I I still I I never did learn how to practice. I even okay. what the what only practicing town? I got was from rehearsing songs. I would never mean with the band practice. Yeah, and no, would, no solo. Yeah, I would never sit at home and. and uh, <laughs> What town was this? Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington. Yeah.
0: Because uh, I was thinking of Bird. I mean, you got the recording here in New York City, but he's from Kansas City. That's right. And Miles. Was a big uh, Louis, these scene guys Kansas went.
3: City. He was Miles St. Louis. Yeah, right. right.
0: I think um, uh, Lester Young, Kansas City. I think... Was uh, he Kansas City, too? Yeah, there's a lot of cats came out of the Midwest, yeah. but they went to New York City. Well, it's always like that. Yeah. I mean... So you were. I mean, thinking. there's only
3: you know, there's always the big center where everybody got to gather for to, to make their mark and try to get somewhere. Um, but then when you know, cause I didn't begin that first band until uh, I was 22. Wait, 23 even. I was 22 even, when I did. You know, that because I've been uh, I I had come to New York, dropped out of high school to uh, with the idea of. of uh, Uh, making a name for myself as a poet Um, and um, then within a couple of years my old best friend from school came to New York too Um, and you know I was um, I was making my way writing you know I I had had getting stuff published uh, publishing things myself with a little press I had bought Um, but it was starting to feel uh, frustrating and because just nobody really cared. I mean, and um, uh, that my generation just didn't read. And I wanted to uh, have an impact. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't snobbish about it at all. I mean, uh, to me, the the inclination to read and write is a, is a a kind of. Um, it's 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 a it's a specialization you know it's like a uh, I, it's not something it that i expect uh, everybody to uh have an interest in um but and and the but i wasn't quite prepared for how obscure it was <laughs> nobody but me cared about poetry of anybody I, I ever met <laughs> just about you know. um but you you knew new york city had some people doing that or I had a history of it. Yeah, there was there was there was scenes, but they were like you know they, they were so obscure. It was like no, and nobody cared outside of the circle of people who actually did it themselves. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. um, and the only other uh, direction for writers to go was uh, with their writing poetry. it you know, was towards universities. You know, where they oh. could get jobs teaching, and that was never uh, a, a remote um um possibility for me I, I, it, it was I, that was uh just eliminated but <laughs> uh, cuz I, I, I always hated school um so my friend uh who from from high school uh played guitar and uh the, the, he wrote too and we used to have fun um writing stuff together, and we had a lot of interests in common. Um, his uh, intention was to become a professional musician, um, but he didn't have very much uh, initiative. I mean, he he practiced a lot. He loved to play, but uh, in terms of uh, becoming professional, I mean, the most he ever did was once or twice a year ago... Um, play a uh, open mic night someplace in a folk club uh, um, and I was getting so uh, frustrated and um, restless uh, in the in the poetry uh, line that I started to and then plus uh, another factor was the New York Dolls happened and they were so exciting they were there and, right. and they um and, and they were artists you know they were uh, they were so exciting they, they were so natural um, but they also had you know they knew what they were doing as um, as, as in in terms of creating something that was a whole full bodied um, realm you know uh, from the way that they behaved to the way they dressed to the way their music sounded um to what the lyrics said yeah, yeah. um and they weren't um virtuosos you know in part they yeah, they yeah. were coming out of just depending on attitude and self-confidence and the desire to have fun and and make make their mark and have their say as being sufficient to be a great band and they demonstrated that that was possible and how you could not only did not have to be conventionally um uh, uh very, you know very skilled um in a conventional way uh but um that it really was there was no limit to how creative you could be I mean, in fact it was it it, it 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 included so many realms uh Areas to to be uh, creative in, whether it was the graphics that you know carry a message, the clothes, the haircuts, the sound of the music, the lyrics. Um, it was a whole universe of. Uh, yeah, you told me even how
0: they put on their gigs, having a residency.
3: Right. That was a yeah. Yeah, that was something that I learned from them too. Yeah, that uh, when we first started. Um, when we were ready to go out and play, I thought we should do what the Dolls did, which is find a place where we could play every week because that way um, people who are interested in us didn't have to, like, try to figure out and follow us around and uh, but would be able to rely on knowing that they could go out for a good time on Saturday night here. Um, and so that's how we turned up CBGBs. Anyway, so the... Um, I began to think, wow, maybe the uh solution to my maybe the, the, the direction to go like to get to 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 uh you know, release this stuff that I need wanted to be um putting out there was uh in a band. Um Yeah. And so um uh, Tom had only been playing acoustic guitar. Um uh, but then we started talking about making a band and uh, and I would uh, like I, as I was saying before bass was the natural way for me to go yeah, because it was yeah. something I could learn to play adequately for the type of material we were doing um, song by song immediately and then have the idea that I you know would um, improve and get be able to um, you know get, branch out Um the longer we played but um, so that's how we, we started the band what now, about the third guy Mike yeah. I do not want to go into step by step like okay. the f- kind of following three or four years everything but what that about I, your drummer I, that man I, that you go read you know like please kill me or uh, oh yeah that is a lot uh, what about your drummer uh, man
0: though I thought that was interesting what because you said uh, Neon Boys never played a gig but Drummer, Drummy had to go home, so that's why you ended up doing the recordings.
3: Of the the because I didn't
0: boys. know that I thought Neon Boys did gigs,
3: um, but p- people don't even know who the Neon Boys are. But anyway, got, okay, yeah, they, because that was something that came out. I mean, my first yeah. band yeah. Um, for all intents and purposes is Richard Hell and the Voidoids, you know, because okay. that was the first band that I made a record with. Right, right. Um, but I was in two groups before that for a year each. Um, television oh, time. That, I, that I was one of the founders of yeah, yeah. Uh, two groups television and the Heartbreakers um, television was like 74 to mid 75 Heartbreakers was like 75 to mid 76 and then I made the band that, uh, that um, you know I have a record of uh, right. uh, But now you're asking about the Neon Boys, which is a really esoteric information. But, yeah, there was Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. single that came out, you know, five years later in 1980 or something like that. I can't Mm -hmm. remember, of a group that was the um, very first time that I ever tried to play when we were first, um, me and Verlaine, were um, first... Uh, working up material and trying to find a guitar player, second guitar player, and the drummer was Tom's friend from Delaware, where Tom Uh lived, named Billy Ficka, and so we needed, in order to uh, audition people, we wanted to work up material, we wanted to have Billy here, so um, we we asked him to move up to New York to form this band, and and then we couldn't find a second guitar player, uh, and we finally gave up because we there was the pressures of having uh, you know pulled Billy out of his life to be uh, come up here to make a band, and then mm-hmm. there was no band being made because we couldn't find a guitar player, so we had to finally give up on that. That's true. Uh, so trippy. that's when we made this recording of, of. You didn't want to be a trio, like an eight-track. No, we wanted two guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole conception, was two guitars. Like, Dee Boone
0: did not want another guitar. We <laughs> wanted to be
3: a trio. Right, well that, but uh, that's, Billy, that's
0: it's very there. distinctive... Yeah, I know, everybody's got a different trip. Very distinctive drummer. And being bass player, you know... Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... T- a little curious about drummers sometimes. Yeah. Especially ones that...
3: Yeah, he plays so Yeah, he's was very uh, unusual drum, <laughs> yeah. drumming style. So I was uh, like, like wondering so, where he so came from. It's and... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, You know, like so so uh, all over the place. Like, uh, um, uh, it's, you know, he comes out of jazz, but there's oh. no jazz drummers that play like that either. No, it's no. like... Uh, but, uh, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, it's definitely...
0: Were you curious about how the bass and the drums talk together at that point? No, I know no, nothing about no,
3: that. I didn't know anything about playing bass. I never learned. I, I never ever became a uh, a good bass player. I just I would I would come up with lines that um, I could use to teach uh, to to get the band to um, play the changes that I wanted and have an idea of the uh, feel. Um,
0: yeah, I was a but big uh, fan of it, though.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sometimes you, know, you
0: don't know what's happening, right? Yeah. All I'm hearing is stuff come out of speaker. I have some image. You guys, maybe like the Dolls thing, you had a package. There was an image there, but there was also sounds that I wasn't hearing from Arena Rock, man.
3: Yeah, were well, well, some bass in, sounds. Um, I just... On died. that Blank Generation album, yeah. there isn't any record that sounds like that. <laughs> I mean, um, and I don't think most people... Really get it, like really respond to it, and even me, um, I go through cycles of, uh, you know, of finding it really exciting, and then uh, other times thinking it's just um, lame and incompetent. <laughs> really, we <laughs> well, thought it was a mind so, blowing. Some songs us. or other, you know. I mean, we're I mean, coming
0: from Pedro and whatever. Maybe our yeah. perspective was skewed. You know, what was but, a real trip was the last three songs.
3: You did a Creedence song. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't, because we were, were late the in Creedence. Creedence. Yeah, right. And then it goes into this weird... So did you recognize that as a Creedence? Did you know that tune? Oh, we knew When I met the Boone, we knew Because that was the Godwogs, right? I mean... That's yeah, but
0: we only... It's on the first album. Yeah, with right. a bass solo. Yeah. Right, It's right. the only one... Right. But our version is sure sounds different, doesn't it? Punk, yeah. yeah. Right. And we thought this was the idea of punk. It wasn't a sound. It was a state of the mind. Oh, yeah. And then the next song was this trippy story and these chords Dee was like yeah look at these chords because we're, we're we're seeing gigs in Hollywood that are nothing like this and then that bassline line and the th- it was on the single too but it was a little different man that is such a trippy bassline. Yeah, it's line pretty close for another, yeah, another well bass. it sounds different it's more like yeah, like yeah. toothpaste coming out of a toothpaste dude <laughs> it's
3: bad
2: I
0: mean it just really was that mind was blown, blow on us yeah. And maybe it's our fault, you know. And maybe you shouldn't blame yourself. But man, we just—it had phenomenal impact on us, you know, from copying songs in our house. You
3: know, I'm I'm very, uh, you know, I feel real good about that record. I don't have any. uh, I'm not trying to say that the record's not good, um, but uh, there are times when it sounds to me uh, like transcendent, and then other times when it just sounds like. Mm, I wish I'd known better about this thing here and that that could have been done in a different way that would be an improvement, you know. Um, But uh, uh, I'm good with it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. good, good. Because Justice (laughs) said, like, you know what? You can do any... These guys made their own world. Don't be afraid. You know, I know. Much that's respect the whole to Chuck thing. Berry like, and whatever,
3: but right. you know what? Like, go I mean, on. That's yeah. what I loved about yeah. you guys. Um, is that, is, that, is that I mean, like I was saying the other night with that uh, that tribute to the 25th anniversary oh, same, same, same. of, is that like when I started a band, I had a dream of what a band could be, but it turned out I didn't really have the stamina. But the Minute men <laughs> had the stamina. Like you went in there, like I did. With knowing nothing except that you had something that you wanted to 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 make heard, and you had no clue about um, what the the traditional means were for getting there. You know, you just had to uh, make it up out of nothing. Um, And you and you took that to a place where it was, uh, you know, you cared enough so that you. Um, and you applied yourself, you know, to to you got there where there was you were you were making um, music that was like nothing except what you guys made because um, you weren't coming from some uh, um, you know traditional conventional like um, background of information about how things are supposed to be done. You just you were starting from scratch and. Um, and in a lot of ways that's true of that record yeah of my record well that
0: Voidoid record I don't know the Minutemen would ever sounded like they did if we didn't hear that <laughs> you know we're listening to Creed's. I mean we're yeah. listening to Blue <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <Yeah. laughs> this thing all of a sudden like whoa <laughs> there was a couple bands from England too this band Wire made little songs mm-hmm. and that was a kind of an idea for us but the, there was something about the Voidoid sound just every part of it and no, no new machine, no synthesizer, no studio technique. It's just the way you dealt with what everybody else was dealing with. But you put
3: very, for us, what sounded like very, very personal stuff. Do we, do we want to play a a border song? Now that we're saying all this stuff. We probably should. Do. Yeah. yeah.
5: That will never be You better move on I can't blame you For loving her mighty man You asked me to give up the only love I've ever had Maybe I would Oh, but I love her so Never gonna let her go Better move on you better move on. You better move on. You better move on. You better move on. You better move on.
0: shit Like a DJ booth,
2: hit.
0: Yeah. a little too tough. Okay, a lot from Pedro Show. Oh
2: yeah, that's so too.
3: the the you you play Walking on the Water, right? Was that, that was what, first. We doing, I mean, like, yeah, from the from the Richard Hell and the was blank Generation album. Then we heard Arthur Alexander um, from 1961 doing "You Better Move On," um, which was which was later a couple, three years later done by the Rolling Stones in the early part of their career. Uh, And then Link Ray, um, doing Run, Chicken, Run from 1963. Um, uh, And then Smokey Robinson and the Miracles uh, doing Going to a Go-Go by 1964. Yeah, and I, I, I noticed for some reason, like, I, mean, I was just, like, yesterday, quickly trying to prepare for this and grabbing yeah, yeah. CDs, um, th- uh, looking for stuff to play on the show, and then later when I checked out the dates, like, for whatever reason, um, it's almost all this stuff uh, comes from between 1957 and 1964. Well, how old were like, you? I, I don't know. Well, I was like 7 to 14, but to me what I think the significant thing is, is that that's when the music was the most interesting. Ah. <laughs> of course, maybe everybody feels that way about the music that was playing when they were 7, but frankly, <laughs> I do feel like um, the Beatles ruined rock and roll, <laughs> and that's basically uh, what we're learning about. Yeah, uh, like the music peaked uh, uh, Do you know about life and brothers, the Slytherin Brothers bootleg? The,
0: which, the what brother? you're playing with the heartbreakers and somebody says something hey the Beatles ain't <laughs> that oh, and you oh, say the yeah, beatles,
3: beatles suck <laughs> you're right. Right. but you're, you yeah, got a point man yeah I think no because they just homogenized everything they turned it into like uh, cuteness and, yeah. and pretty harmonies uh, and uh, you know it just and, and it like took out all the uh, the guts
0: yeah some people say the one good thing they do was make the idea of a band. Get popular again because it was kind of going towards a backup guys for a front a singer, uh-huh. and so they got the idea of a band. Yeah, but to me that's nothing to do with sound. That's more yeah. of a yeah, logistic. <laughs> but this idea yeah, but, of garage yeah. band somehow the Beatles kicked that off.
3: Well, yeah, just because uh, all of a sudden yeah, for everybody was excited by the possibilities of what could be done if you had a band for sure. Yeah. Um. We're at the All right, end so of we got our hour, hour there, right? right? Yeah. yeah,
0: okay. That's about, uh, July 27, 2009, first hour, Watt from Pedro Show, hold tight for hour two. Uh, July 27, 2009, second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show, here with Richard Hell in his pad. Well,
3: and we could we could do a whole half hour, man. We could do the whole... <laughs>
0: He's thinking of songs to play here. He's got this uh, righteous... Um, Boot of the Velvet Undergrounds from Cleveland in what, '68,
3: '66, '66. Yeah, before they did any uh, wow. recording.
0: Wow, like, before yeah, before they um, had an album. Out.
3: And I'm tempted to play the whole side of a half an hour. Yeah, but I guess I probably shouldn't do that, right? You're the guess. Well, I mean, you could always like cut in half, right? If you want me to, I mean, you—you that's easy to do. You can find out because I was going to just play the second half of it. The p- place where it gets really quiet, and,
0: I can fade in and fade out. Yeah.
3: Um, so you want, want? Should we play the whole thing for now? You want to do it we'll, right we'll decide now? Decide later, whether to use it or not.
0: Okay. You want to do it right now? Yeah.
2: Okay, hold on.
3: from Pedro's
0: show we'll be just here Richard oh
3: yeah okay so yeah that was uh, I can't remember what we might have said before it started but that was the Velvet Underground in 1966 um, in Columbus Uh, I can't remember whether I I might have said something about Cleveland because sometimes the concert is described as uh, having been played in Cleveland but no it's Columbus and uh, it's a bootleg live show and that was a song that gets uh titled Melody Laughter. Right. Melody Laughter. Um, you showed me what you said. And I guess like sp- the first five or ten minutes, there's tuning up as much as anything else. <laughs> and it
0: was sold by a, a record store dude in Cincinnati. So we got three C Ohio towns. Could have been one? Cleveland. Probably was Columbus. It was Columbus. it was sold in Cincinnati. And they said the man was oh, killed yeah. on a motorcycle. He was going to actually... Because it's only the first and last pieces of the gig. He was going to put out the rest later.
3: I don't know about that. Yeah,
0: well, you floated to me there. Yeah, and it's only 300 copies, so it was very sought after. And your copy here has got the cover artist s- signed it.
3: Well, it's all over the web now. You know, nothing's rare yeah, anymore. But you got the like. real dealio there, the physical <laughs> object. Um, How'd you get it? Uh, that's that's my wife. Ah. by my wife. Uh, she showed it to me. Um, so then, where were we? What were we talking about?
0: We're talking about you starting your own band, which because the other band was yeah. collaboration. This is your own band. But I wanted to ask you something that ain't so musical, but it's kind of like the dolls. What about the clothes? Where'd you get the idea for them clothes coming out of hippie days?
3: Uh, oh, what? I like those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> those clothes had big impact on us. Um, shoot, man. I mean, I, I don't know. You just, just this like, I, that, but okay. I mean, I'm just like it's, it's like it's such old. Of news course, to there. you,
0: but not to me. I was in there. I know, but, but most uh, 99% of 99 percent of people, and that stuff's but not even about. I mean, how many times
3: now. do I have to tell that story? It's like I must have told you. A talk, you've talked about those clothes. Times, oh, yeah? Like, um. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, uh, the dolls were wearing women's I, clothes. I mean, it was basically I basically got it from Raymond Chandler and the oh, Dead really? End Kids, and with a little bit of like um, a little bit of cowboy and yeah. and some more um, like gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. um, now you know it was a. A way of trying to, um, return to, uh, real life, what had become, um, all marketing, you know, and commercial, uh, um, like, representation of, um, of, um. Of um, music as being um, uh, the realm of uh, people with big expense accounts for boutiques. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, we were trying to. Make the clothes be something that um, was were, was making the point that um, everybody had the access to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, we, at the same time, we wanted to look sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. um, but uh, it's uh, I, I can't. What really, was it like running me. your own
0: band versus being part of a band? Was it different? You've been playing bass for a while now. Did you have I'm a
3: little more handle Like on man, I don't know, man. I don't want to be, be like oh, rude, okay. but I just like, I can't no, talk about all that stuff all over again. It's like, okay. I don't, it's just, uh, I mean, this i was is, just curious. This is, uh, just as a guy like who's 30 good. years ago, and people have been asking me those questions for 30 years. Yeah, but I'm, f-
0: I'm a guy from a band. You're a guy from a band. I'm looking at it like that.
3: I know, but that's not the point. The oh, point okay. is me. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's all on the record. You can look it up if you want to. It's like too boring for me to say the same thing that I've said a million times before. Oh, like, it, it, it's it seems like, the I mean, people I mean, who talk to you are like, rock journalists, and they're not guys well, they from have bands. to do It's the same questions. Oh, it's they the, are. That's the point, yeah. Oh, I okay. mean... I got to go that over all original, like okay, the 1970s all over again. It's like uh, everybody knows that stuff, and if they don't, yeah, yeah okay. all they got to do is you know buy. Please kill me. Buy from the Belvis. Yeah, the they don't talk okay. about that I, stuff. That's um, all. Uh, you ask like, why I dressed that way. Well, the clothes I was curious about. Cl- cl- clothes
0: and, I was w- about, and
3: curious about. The, you know, uh, but, why but, I left television well, or how? No, What, no, does, what does blank generation mean? Um, I didn't ask you I know but it's, it's all the same shit I didn't shit. ask you that it's the same stuff I asked
0: you what's the difference between being part of a band and, and running your band and you've been playing bass a while now I mean it was a big difference for me from being Minuteman and then going on to make my own band it was very That's scary for me I
3: don't know Mike still it's like 30 years ago am I putting myself back 30 years to like um, it's yeah it's like, the best I, guy I could ask about it what, why
0: because they'd be going no, through a filter no second hand no third hand
3: yeah but it's, it's just band it's stuff it's all like it's alien. just music stuff it's like, but it's just
0: clothes in a way to me the, the early punk it reminds me of what you said of the dolls the clothes had something to do with the music I thought because this guys, a lot of the guys in the bands were just starting out so I think it was just is important in some ways so the clothes were kind of important For me, it's being in a band.
3: Yeah. uh, Because when I see, I mean, mean, you know, right now I'm I'm writing an autobiography. Ah. Uh, I've already got almost 300 pages, and um, and after that, I really will just be able to say to people. Look on book. page 73 well, I'm going to um, get on But, uh, but, uh, but, but I was going to leave the man's stuff mean, low and, and, and get on to the writing that's basically uh, why I'm writing the book okay. really because because um, uh, I, I can dispose yeah, of all that uh, stuff that's really to me is um it's such old news okay, look, that it's like. It's I not don't want like you to
0: feel uncomfortable. I was going to get to the writing part anyway. But there's some things if you want to have hear me out a little bit, I'm curious about. But if it's boring to you and it sounds like I'm not giving you respect, then I'd just stop.
3: It's not about. Okay, we we'll to the writing. It's like, it's just about. Uh, no, maybe don't
0: deserve respect. They're just ridiculous, trite, and this kind man, of I'm shit. just
3: lazy, man, and it's like it gets really tiresome okay, to say okay. something. Then I'll the move
0: on to the stuff you want to talk about.
3: Thousandth time,
0: that's no on. On. Um Well, I can like, give you a little insight on that because I've been doing this for thirty. I've had to answer same old questions, and uh, man, I, I so, respect and, you, a lot. And, and I do it. You don't get I tired don't, of it. I get tired of taking shits and pisses, too. But, you know, that's one of the prices of chow. I think
3: shits and pisses are, are really pleasant. No, um, but, I, but they used I, to be. A, because that's something you need to do. But you don't fucking to need to be, like, repeating the same stuff from previous lifetimes. That well, I do, because
0: I, I work a music thing. And I have to talk about the whole day sometimes. And I don't try to make them feel lame, because they didn't hear it the first time. Well... Okay, I'm sorry. Let's move on to other stuff. Let's move on to your writing. You got tired of music, right? You stopped playing in a band. Yeah.
3: Um, but like I said, I don't I want to uh, offend you. I'm just telling you um, I, 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 I cannot muster the it's energy okay. to I like, carry myself back 30 years to something that's just it would be like you know oh, but you started I, writing it'd before be like, if that I, you I asked band. you to tell me the multiplication tables from um, one you know from okay. from uh, I the think I get twos the times and the threes times I mean, and the fours no. times and the five oh, But let you, me finish oh. alright you understand what I'm saying like if I asked you it to tell you me do. the multiplication tables um, that's not really hard to do you could do that but wouldn't you like resist it because it's just bored the shit out of you no, no matter whether you know um, how sincerely it was interesting to me um, uh, w- wouldn't you say come on you can look that up in a book Yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm serious my questions
0: are just terrible but you know you wrote before you did music so that's even more old fashioned than your, write- uh, your uh, music I didn't career. bring up writing No, I am. I'm going to move to writing now because that's more current. Now, you said, like, in 85, you stopped doing music, stopped touring.
3: Yeah, I uh, pretty much, I retired from music And
0: you don't want to get into that because
3: that's in the books. What?
0: What? You don't want to say why you got out of music.
3: Um, yeah, I got out of it because, uh, I decided I wasn't suited for it. I, I hated touring, um... Uh, I was real vulnerable to all the negative sides of it like taking drugs because life is so boring you have to do something to like uh, pass the time. Um, uh, And um, I also had actually felt in 1977 when I um, finished the first album and then went on tour in England uh, that I had achieved everything that I had gone into music to do, and I was ready to move on, and I was tired of the world of uh, the professional musician. Um, But it just took me those, you know, further um, five to seven years uh, of, of staggering on before I was able to finally just call it quits, Um, We got
0: excited about some stuff
3: because I know you did a Dim Stars later. That was like one month. Still, yeah, it was like that whole thing lasted for a month, you know, and that's why I was able to do it because I knew it was just you go in. We wrote the songs in three weeks, and we recorded them in another two weeks. Yeah, Um, uh, and that was the end of it. No playing live. That's in the early nineties, maybe. Yeah, I think it was, maybe it was 1990, maybe. I think maybe. So you've been writing
0: again for five years. What do you mean? Leave music, went to writing. Oh, yeah, well, series.
3: actually, you know, for this, the first few years after I left music, yeah. I did not know how I was going to make a living. You know, I was casting around trying to figure it out. Because, um, you know, getting a, uh, a reputation... Uh, as a writer that's um, strong enough so that you can actually do it professionally yeah. and pay your rent is uh, t- takes some uh, time and uh, effort and initiative and um, I didn't know whether that was practical or not um, turned out that it was uh, uh, so um, but you always felt you wanted
0: to write anyway but for adults, well, I always, you got to make I the living too. Did write,
3: you know? Yeah, that's I, what I mean. I, I, I always wrote. I mean, writing lyrics is writing too. And even when I was writing the lyrics, I, I usually kept n- notebooks and journals and, um, and, and and would write this and that at the same time. Though I, I pretty much uh, kept it under wraps because um, when I first started in a band, I, I, I really did not want to. Give anybody the chance to uh, dismiss me by classifying me as like a rock poet or something like oh. that. So I never like acknowledged the po- the, the uh, writing side. I got um, that little book. Which one?
0: That <laughs> physically little.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was much later. That didn't get published till like 1999
0: But it's written out. in those old days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Boy,
3: yeah. It was just like notebooks from those days. Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean, I was always writing. It's just that's part of my, just like built into me. Um, yeah, well, you came to town to be a poet. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, See, that's but uh, hard you know, so I mean, me. I, I only made really two albums, not counting the Dim Stars one. Um, yeah. And uh, I like Dim Stars. I like Dim Stars <laughs> too. Yeah. Um,
0: But maybe that's why, because you didn't feel the weight, you could get your writing, the main thing, so now music can be kind of fun.
3: Well, I didn't say it was fun.
4: Oh, okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I said I liked it okay. I liked the album, it's got a lot of good tunes on it, it it has its uh, its soft spots too, but... um, the second record was really painful, though, Destiny Street, because uh, it happened when I was really at my in my worst shape of all. Um, uh, and, you know, it was at the point where I had, didn't know how to make a new life for myself, but I was, at, I I succumbed to all the uh, the, the worst temptations of, of rock and roll you know um, I was addicted to drugs and uh, and I I, I already uh, and, but I and I had no commitment to playing it was just something that I did um, to pay the rent but at the same time I had my pride and oh, I yeah. uh, you know I, I wanted everything I did to be the highest possible level I could make it and I had a lot of things I wanted to um, to, 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 to uh, convey in, in songs but I was just such a mess in that album uh, and it shows on that record because for, well, for one thing um, I actually was in such bad shape for a week or ten days of the recording schedule, that I day after day I would not go to the studio because I couldn't bring myself to leave the apartment, and I would just call up and say, "Put down another guitar part here, um, yeah. and go for this when you're doing it." And um, would you know? It was like yeah. literally calling it in, though. Um, you know, it was calling in instructions to the, the guitar yeah. players to do this or that. And so the record ended up being um, this, this, uh, this sinkhole of um, of lameness, like yeah. wet. See, this is not the
0: most inspiring stories for me.
3: Uh, guitars,
0: <laughs> um, but it's the reality.
3: It's you know, but it's leading to something.
0: I know because you went and got revenge on those bad days. Um, by redoing doing this?
3: Uh, yeah, beautiful.
0: Redemption, a little bit.
3: But so I originally I eventually got the rights to that record back, and uh, just like five or six years ago, and um, let it go out of print, thinking I would, um, I w- I would find a way eventually um, to bring it out somehow improved, Although I didn't have any idea how I could do that since. All, all, there were no uh, masters anymore. The guy who produced, recorded the original thing had lost all the tapes, um, and so all, all I had was a CD. And what? How can you? Let, what can you do with a CD to make it better? You, you can't even remaster it because it's already been EQ'd. Um, so, but then I found this tape of. Uh, simply the rhythm section playing the parts that actually ended up being the rhythm parts on the original album which were great Um, just bass, drums and really strictly played um, interlocking rhythm guitars with no solos, no vocals and it made me realize that I could use that as the foundation for Completely redoing the record and making it sound the way that I would have done in 1982 if I'd had it together.
0: Oh, 82! Wow.
3: Yeah, it was 1982. Well, that's,
0: right. Ago. So that's right. That's so right. Um, that's kind of far back.
3: It's Pretty far back. Um, but that was the that was the most fun I've ever had. So, music so was like uh, making this record. So like, uh, which, is, like which is which we like, call like generation
0: 7782. So it's five years. Yeah.
3: Uh, so it's the new record called Destiny Street Repaired yeah, Repaired so Redeemed um, Redem- Redemption and we, I used Bill Frizzell and Mark Rebo and, yeah. and uh, Great music. Ivan Julian from the, the original band um, so you know, the record company was really strict and it was reasonable for them to be about um, about keeping all of that stuff under wraps until it actually gets released so that you know, there's at least not like file sharing and free downloading going on before the record's even out there Um, the people who bring it out is this uh, company called InSound they're online Um, they're like the biggest uh, American uh, distributor of indie vinyl Um, The major American distributor of indie vinyl bringing out this new release but they're gonna, they said it would be cool to play Kinda any new. cut, right? <laughs> Not one of the like better known ones, but one that I really think is, uh, that, that I really love. It's actually, it's, it's less typical because it's Ivan playing, and Mark Rebo does actually the most uh, soloing on this Destiny Street repair, but um, uh, the, the one, one I'm going to play Ivan's the original
0: guy, Mark Rebo is the new guy. For you guys that are listening,
3: uh, but Ivan was not on the original record. Oh, he's not no, on no. it? Really? No, no he, was, he didn't play on Dustin Street.
0: I didn't know that. See, that's why it's good for me to ask. Some, some of these things <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't, that's why I ask them. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. He's
3: not on that record at all. No. Wow. It's a quine it's and a guy called Maouch. So uh whoosh. So uh we're gonna listen to uh Ignore That Door, the new version of it that's Front Street Repair. I didn't even know there was a dude named <laughs> You never read the back of this album cover, did you, Mike? Not close, I guess. You're a music man. You read Ulysses but you don't read the back of I my got album holes. Cover? I got holes. <laughs> well I was gonna tell
0: you about writers. Like I, I can't do it very well. Big part of my music. I've I, I been respect for writers, so for you to move from music to writing was not, to me, a slide down. <laughs> uh, there, here's the music. It's
4: late and it's so lonely. Composing whore
1: However much you boy, you best
6: ignore that door <laughs> We're not going to conspiracy
4: to pull its westness Alone the virgin rules of brain and birthlessness However much you afford You must ignore that door
3: See what I have picked out. The music is going to work out pretty well. To uh, um, we just heard Destiny "Ignore Street. That Door" from, oh, yeah, from Destiny Street Repair. Repair. Yeah, and that's Ivan Julian playing the guitars, um, the soloing guitars, uh, and he wasn't on the original Destiny Street. Which um, why didn't the know? only because person he didn't on the original Destiny Street that was in the band that played on Blank Generation was Quine. Yeah. Um, uh, and me, uh, but uh, yeah, that's one of the uh, you know ten tunes. Plus, there's actually there's a couple of bonus tracks uh, that are uh, that songs from those demo sessions that we were talking about earlier. That um, that version of time that you play oh, yeah, comes yeah. from. And made in '78, '79. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the ones on Destiny Street Repair have never been released. One of them is called uh, Smitten. And the other one is that. a song that's only come out in this is a live version uh, on an obscure uh, release. Um, but this is a studio version of the song called Fun Hunt. Those two songs are the bonus tracks. Yeah,
0: that's on. And is that on RIP? R- 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 R-
3: No, that's only on this uh, record called Fun Hunt. There was a bunch of live stuff. Oh, Fun Hunt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, But. uh, I can
0: only give you everything. That was a live. uh, Like them? Them song you did? I can can only only give you everything? Yeah,
3: that's on this. That's on. That was a great.
0: Recording man, shoot man, I'm That's so the,
3: tempted to play this one. It's like so much better. It's got uh, and that Rebo that one's plays fantastic. Hot. Rebo, what was that
0: done like in Georgia or something? You're on tour, right?
3: Oh, you mean that live version? Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, because it's on Destiny Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Studio well, version. Um, but the live yeah, one was, was pretty was hot, a, man. It had it, it had something going for it. Yeah. yeah, but that was like another of the sort of. Uh, pick-up band Voidoids, you know, nobody in that group was yeah. in For any of the, on any of the albums, you know. For
0: you people, this is only Voidoid gig I got to see. Yeah, you saw him was Richard at, at the whiskey Gogo? go <laughs> go and actually Ivan was in the band. year would that have
3: been? Was you maybe remember? 82, yeah. 83? Yeah, it was really towards the end, yeah. And you had a red shirt that buttoned all the way around. Oh, yeah, stripping. yeah. That's what I'm wearing right there.
2: That's
0: the same shirt. Okay, yeah. yeah. The one on the, on the album on cover. The cover. That was a huge city. gig for us because finally, you know, we're talking like five, six years after we first hear
3: you. We finally get to see you. Um, and see, that makes me really ashamed. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's just a <the> reality.
0: <laughs> you had it. I know, it's okay. weird. It's weird. And I don't mean to embarrass you or anything like that, but it's almost foaming like fanboy a little bit and we could tell there was something up you know but you know life's a journey and we thought well that's where he is I didn't know it was so hell I didn't, I didn't want it I didn't well, want that. well but you helped. know for
3: so many years there I was just you know I, and I was going through the motions yeah, while yeah. I, at the same time that everything in me uh, you resisted uh, only merely going through the motions so I was like yeah, full yeah, of yeah, of all course. this like Confusion and and you know self criticism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just it was really it was really complicated and ugly. <laughs> and then I got to meet
0: you in '83 in Germany in Osnabrück because you actually played with Black Flag in the Minuteman. M-
3: really, you did. I I know. You were wearing an I overcoat. that shook the, your hand. You said, "Hi, Mister
0: Minute Man." Were, I, I don't and for me, me and DeBoon, yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. So th- th- this is just after a scene at this gig. Yeah, you did a Europe tour,
3: right? But that wasn't with Ivan, though, right? He wasn't in that group, no, was he? No, no. no.
0: Right. So, so, oh, it was Osnabrück, book, Germany, West Germany in those days. Mm. I got to even play with you. So I was like, "Wow." Oh. Well, on the same stage. <laughs> same day, <yeah. laughs> yeah so big moments and then you came into the studio when the Sonics were recording that was a big deal yeah, I was so afraid I, I couldn't I talk. that's when I
3: think of being when I first met you yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and I was too afraid to talk much I know you were like Kay did all the talk you, you seemed
3: like you were <laughs> like paralyzed yeah yeah I it mean, was
0: difficult <laughs> so if I say awkward things it's just <laughs> hard even though man we've had some great talks since then yeah, about yeah. all kinds of stuff I got you on the radio and I'm letting the listeners know stuff and uh it's just bizarre. I, I, I lost my perspective.
3: But are so we going to close out the hour? I mean,
0: y- is it? yeah, we got yeah. F- uh, we got another. Um, oh no, no. We should finish up the hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, people, check out this Destiny Street repaired when it comes out. When when Richard?
3: September one. Uh, September you, one. You can only get it from Insound. I n s o u n d Sound dot com. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's the thing we put together where uh, it's available in two versions a digipack regular tin cut Destiny Street Repair that's got uh, these are all new tunes new, new versions of the song using the original band rhythm tracks but with these new guitar players and I sing everything fresh um, and the deluxe edition which is vinyl plus yeah, uh, uh, the CD that has the two bonus tracks and then a, then a a big goofy poster that's like double sided there's actually two posters in one um, oh wow uh uh but yeah it's it's really a, a kick for me to feel like I've been able to recover and re- that record when it had only been a source of uh sadness yeah 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 <laughs> I, I, no I dig I dig and now I love it but anyway um, well, it's the end of the should, second hour right. July 27,
0: 2009 Watt from Pedro's show Hold tight for hour three We've got some Richie Valens coming up Valens I would like to learn how to be a writer That's one reason I do the diaries You would it's like so to do what? Learn how to be a writer It's July 27, 2009 Third hour of the Watt from Pedro's show
3: You got this CD.
0: Oh yeah, let's pop it out. Well, we started off uh, third hour with a lot of music there.
2: Richard's oh yeah, yeah. Year. First
3: of all, we had Shostakovich um, yeah. from his uh, Preludes and Fugues, and that was the first one, which is set of twenty-four that he wrote in nineteen fifty and fifty-one. And this, these were played by Keith Jarrett. Um, that rendition and then uh, we heard um, Bill Evans playing uh, My Foolish Heart live. Village in, Vanguard. In nineteen sixty one, yeah, at the at the Village Vanguard. And then Johnny Burnett, rock and roll trio, um playing uh, train Captain and uh from um what year was that? Uh, Fifty-seven, I think. You're on um, born. No bass. And of course, that song covered a million times since. So yeah. it was everybody knows best. The uh, Yardbirds version. Um, and the band when it had both Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck in it. Blow up. They, they called it "Stroll On." Stroll right? On. In, it's in that in, movie, "Blow in, Up." In Blow Up. Um, but it was the actually picture got, got blown up. up. Right. When I was young, I always thought it was about some kind of bomb. The Antonioni. uh, (laughs) About the photographer. Just like Proud Mary. It mean it both ways.
0: You know. Like Proud Mary, I never knew that was about a steamboat. (laughs) No. I thought he was being a metaphor about the big wheel keep on (laughs) turning. It's a (laughs) fucking
3: paddle wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember when I was like five and the number one song was uh, Hound Dog. Yeah, Elvis. Yeah, and I, I can really distinctly remember really well sitting out in the backyard of our little uh, tiny house in the middle of Lexington, Kentucky, um, playing in the dirt with a radio that I could hear uh, nearby. It was playing Hound Dog. Whoa! What the hell's
4: that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sit on something.
2: Oh, let's look at the door. Oh,
4: <laughs>
0: that was a doorbell.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> Somebody's making scratching sound. What the
3: hell? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Who the fuck is it? Sorry, wrong
0: one. <laughs> so you're in the backyard.
3: Um. It's not the big yeah. And the radio fan, like, and I was completely mystified, line by line. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, just a crying all the time. Like what does crying have to do with a dog? Um, uh, you ain't never caught a rabbit, dog, rabbit. I couldn't put it together. oh uh-huh. and you ain't no friend of mine. It was completely incomprehensible. Yeah. I mean, you had to be like a, a backwoods... Uh, or been to know, a dog. redneck who grew up with dogs that went hunting for rabbits for you. Or been to a dog
0: track because you get the mechanical... <laughs> make those right.
3: motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was Train Kept on, Own. Uh, it was actually written in... Uh, I think it was 51... And played by one of the uh, guys who got credit for writing it, named Tiny uh, Bradshaw. Big, not so big, like big band, just pre-rock and roll kind of um, swing, bluesy boogie, um, big band sound thing. But, But that that Johnny Burnett man will that that one will live forever for sure. Yeah, I saw Foghat play <laughs> T Rex. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Wow, God, I, I, I love T Rex <laughs> in, in his early seventies. Yeah, I remember we're those days. D- that was just when we were starting to really pay a lot of attention, thinking we, we were going to make a band, and we wanted to know. Um, we, we we wanted to know what was interesting that was out there, and and what was interesting to us was. T-Rex, Slade, um, I saw Slade too, yeah, you saw 10 Slade, years right? after, much <laughs> better than 10 years after, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it was, it was like the, um, sort of hard rock and glam groups were the, uh, yeah, we liked them only too. thing of any interest in it. like, even, even like, uh, Roxy Music was kind of cool, yeah, but, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 uh, they were very cool. Yeah. Uh, not really on the ki- at high school, though, a lot of people.
3: Right, yeah. Because we- they, were, they, were, they were. Until the girls started liking kinda them. Kinda and the gay, guys were kind of. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's what it was.
2: <laughs>
0: it's so weird about. But, you know, the way we. I, I gotta say, as boys, we never saw sexual stuff in that. We thought, well, you're in a band, you do shit like that. You call yourself Alice right. Cooper. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. You wear a flannel, you wear a boa. Same shit. That's rock and rollers. Right. It was hard for us. To understand there was meaning behind any of this shit, we start, thought that that's just what you do for your band, so you know you have your thing.
3: Well, I think yeah, that that was all. But I mean, R- 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 Roxy Music was kind of fay, you know. I mean, like a lot of bands that would be doing stuff like maybe tr- makeup or something like that, yeah, little like little, Alice little- Cooper or something like yeah. that. It was you know, it was completely great and beyond accepted because the whole point of of having rock and roll bands, half half of the point was to um, offend the Outrage. grownups, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, right. So that was fine, but then there, it, it it did. One of the last frontiers was like actually <laughs> being <laughs> like yes. uh, like playing up gayness you know i mean mean, but i mean mean, i like 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 that that. um little richard (laughs) yeah little richard did it right from the get go (laughs) Uh, david bowie did it but oh yeah 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 little richard um i you know yeah i mean it's it's hard to uh picture him uh being popular you know uh (laughs) Except that the music was so addictive and fantastic yeah, yeah. and exciting and great, but yeah, man, like uh, <laughs> the, the the makeup he wore and <laughs> so and the uh, how exaggerated he was and like uh, long tall Sally, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: Jesus yeah. these songs are. I mean, the train kept rolling is pretty intense, but, but it yeah. was like at that time things
3: yeah. were so repressed right. that <laughs> nobody could even interpret it that way. You know, yeah, because yeah. it would be like beyond belief. Nobody. Would, <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it was Yes Way. And, you know, and later on we figured out, yeah, these guys, you know, it's not just a rock gig. Right. Yeah, it's a whole life. Uh, didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Roxy was trippy for us, but we thought they were just kind of original.
2: You know? Uh,
0: I, never, I swear that stuff never came into our minds. I don't know why. 'Cause they all seem so weird, you know. Maybe cause our town very uniform. Not a lot of individuality at that time. The way the hippie stoner thing had come in it had whittled its way down to uh yeah, harbor working town. Everyone wore Levi's. So when we started going to those gigs up in Hollywood, man, this was all <laughs> it was a mind blow. <laughs> Uh-huh. I remember I spray painted Pedro on my bass, and people thought my name was Pedro. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- there's the disconnect was so big. So these things that seem little trivial and small, they were huge things to us. But it helped us be a band and not just copy songs in the bedroom. That's why. Well, did I you do all
3: up. your learning just by ear, like? Um, well, copying the record. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was right. a
0: hippie guy who lived in his car who showed us how to copy off records, and we were thirteen. Part two. So, were
3: you able to like uh, tune up by ear right away? Did you did you get that and the oh, no, no, while.
0: We thought if you played down on the corner, and it sounded right, then you were in tune. But we didn't know your down on the corner had to be like the other guys down on the corner.
3: Well, you had to match up. Yeah, we thought instrument to instrument. Yeah, we
0: thought some guys like the strings loose, some liked them tight. Didn't really <laughs> That's the t- i have no tapes of these days thank god that's great you know we no sensitivity no we didn't know that's perfect fucking didn't know and then trying to learn off the records you know you're just you couldn't slow them down you couldn't repeat them you it's it, 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 cool. i remember you know just doing the american woman riff for hours on end but she his mom it was the project this is after navy Housing. And there's no guns a lot yet, but there's a lot of fighting. So she wants us in the house after school. So she wants us in a band. Nothing like to do gigs. Mm -hmm. Just wants us jamming after
3: school in the house. Once you started doing it, and she saw, I mean, she she didn't actually suggest it from the beginning. It wasn't her idea. Oh
0: yeah, she's going to be in a band. You're going to play bass. Why? I didn't know fucking what a bass was. Really? Yeah, you got to understand. (laughs) (laughs) Where did she get the idea? She played guitar. Oh, so she wanted her son to play guitar. And then, the bands—you could tell it on the album covers. There was a bass in every band.
3: So, did you guys like um, immediately, uh, uh, immediately uh, get excited by it once you started? I mean, was yeah. it? Did you get completely, you know, engaged with the? Yeah, was it? We were it missing
0: like, parts. We didn't know music was for expression, so we never wrote our own songs.
3: Yeah. Just but it to was still one. was was it like a thrill though? Yeah, but
0: like building models,
3: like wow, almost like the real thing. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, wow, there's that riff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of savant. Like not savant. That means you're smart. I mean, but kind of like.
3: Well, do you think like, that would, so it would capture us right. just doing the one lick over and over? Do you think that the stuff that you? Um, learn to play by yeah. practicing or yeah. over, because you were imitating records, you yeah. know, the, the yeah. little um, you know, the, 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 the riffs and yeah. the song instruction yeah. etc. Do you think that ended up having a big influence on what your songs uh, yeah. sounded like later? Yeah, I mean,
0: um, Yeah, that's okay, what that, intrigued us about voidoids, the licks the chords, even though we didn't have instruction on it by hearing all that other music
3: this stuff was fucking
0: mind-blow to us.
3: Did you, know? you, would, did you actually like, try well, to imitate some of the border songs? Too hard. Yeah. We were too, that's, that
0: shit was so square, you know? And that's why when we first hear jazz from these punk guys, and we thought they were doing punk too. We had no All we knew was arena rock. When the punk thing comes and you see these band, well, first time we ever saw clubs. And, you know, you could talk to people and you could talk to the guys who just played. Then we thought, wow, we can do this. Right. But before that, never thought, no way.
3: How long had you been messing around uh, before you heard, uh, before you got inspired by a punk Punk band? comes in 76 when we graduate, 18. Started at thirteen, so five Three. years. Wow! <laughs> so were you pretty? Were you working pretty hard in those five years? Like, were yeah, you, but were we were a lot of it, was in? In, <laughs> it was in the dark. <laughs> you
0: know, the one guy taught us how to copy, kind of copy. You know, where you try to get match the note with one of the notes mm-hmm. on that riff and then build around it.
3: So we were, you know, it was stumble bum shit. You know what I remember from first starting playing um, the earliest times that uh i you know i a few of us got together m- m- uh bass guitar drums m- maybe two guitars, but for me, it started off with just the three of us um was this unbelievable feeling of transporting uh, uh power i don't it's, i hate using that word power cuz it, it power is usually negative um, yeah. but it was just this this sense at the very beginning before you had any habits of playing yeah. that you could go anywhere with this and you it, just playing like one note followed by a second note and then repeating that one note followed by the yeah. second note and repeating that again it just it just filled you with ideas and um it felt like so so powerful like from those one note back and forth you could see in your mind's eye this whole array of possibilities like um, just blooming out of it and the words you could say to it and how you could play it quieter the next time you played it and what could be um, the import of the uh, of, of the lyrics that you make up and how you can do it in a way that nobody had ever done it before and how you can do it in a way that would be exciting in this um, area or exciting in that area and then when a drummer comes in and slaps something and then the other instrument adds something in between what you're playing and it just all, oh, you know um, comes alive and it's something that you've made out of nothing um, and you can take it anywhere you want and and uh, and and make it into something that's unlike anything that had ever been done before but that um, that tells a story or or, or conveys a picture that uh, you desire to make real out in the in 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 Build it. Uh, it, 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 just, it. It was, was just five was years late for us. So fucking See, it came thrilling. to you right
0: away. <laughs> was, we, didn't, we, we didn't have that culture. We didn't have that culture. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know. It took us five years to find that. How much time did we have left? Um, 17, 14, 31, 29 minutes.
3: Oh, we got that much? Okay. But you I, know, I make sure we believe it, in that, that, right?
0: that came to us. Right. Right. That came to us. When we saw those gigs. And you know what? What do the other guys say? These guys are late and they can't play. They missed the whole, because f- of that culture. At first, even d Boone. But the first thing I said was, we can do this, man. And then he got into it. Because you got to understand, sometimes it's hard. That's why I consider you one of the pioneers in our life, especially. You opened up all this possibility. where we best we're going to do is copy something. We can't use this as
3: possibility makers. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, nobody to tell us. Nobody yeah, and you know, I was a lot older than you were. You know, like I said, I we yeah. started my first band at 22, and I'd already been writing as as being something that I took seriously. Yeah, and yeah. For you know, since I was 17, it was, it was my real identity to myself was yeah. as a writer. So I I was completely, um, uh, I lived within this self concept of. Um, you know, of me making works, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And doing it in music was just... Bit, the thing about it, doing it in music was it was so physical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I you mean, had- we did feel
0: that. We did right. feel that right away. <laughs> right. There was something about, you know... Right.
4: Thong, thong,
0: thong. Well, not
3: only was it physical, <sighs> but it was emotional in a way yeah. that um, writing was not. Because... Oh. Um, there's, there's something about music, and this has always like uh, blown my mind and, and, and fascinated me from the first time I, I put my finger on it that there's something about music that is inherently emotional. Like, it's just like, for example, and this is and it's, this isn't like some theory, it's actual uh, it's, it's scientifically true and it, for instance, an obvious uh, way of, uh, of example of it is yeah. minor chords. Yeah. Sad. You play something minor and it sounds sad. And all that is is sound. Yeah. And everybody knows this. I mean, there's no controversy about it. Yeah. Minor equals sad. Yeah. Right? And the whole range of emotions can be. Um, translated or conveyed or um, or built into um, the music music is inherently emotional it, yeah. The putting juxtaposing one tone with another and yeah. how you do it rhythmically and um, you, you know the 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 combinations of notes and chords and yeah. all the elements that go to making music it's a language of emotions somehow it's really it's really mysterious it seems so strange that that could be it doesn't you know what I'm saying why should sound equal emotions I mean um resonance Somehow, the nervous
0: system gets caught up in resonance. No, because resonance It is, is like
3: happens, and it's like um, well, right. so, so you feel yourself doing that when you're when you're making music. You're actually um well, resonating is actually you're, you're, shaking things
0: up, right? So your body is being shaken in yeah. frequencies. Well, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, it's, it's the sound is air that's been put yeah. made to vibrate. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's all that's happening, but. It's physical, right? But the way that certain sounds have an emotional import is really odd. I
0: mean, I don't know. What about this, connect? The brain, the mind. Maybe the same thing. Emotion, (laughs) the music. One's a physical, one is set of idea or feeling. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I mean, there's um, been discussion about this, the brain, the mind. Yeah. Somehow they're connected. How?
3: Well, well one is physical, and, and, and one is the process of abstract thinking. Idea. Right, Idea. yeah. Idea. Um, but also culture, yeah, the other
0: creatures it's living with. When you're but being, anyway... But the, you know what yeah. I mean? You're schooled in certain things, and maybe be, living in, bathing in sound, you learn certain things. that ain't mine, but it's still a connect, physical to uh, emotional. I don't think emotional is always an uh, idea, huh?
3: Right? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, it was it was a new thing from that was apart from writing. Like writing, it's oh. not like you put um this word next to that word and it has an emotional import. But in music, you put this note next to that note and it and it actually has an effect on the way you feel. Um, oh, what about this? This
0: maybe this never happened to you, but almost every book I read, it could be written 800 years ago. I start seeing parts of my life in the story. Uh There's something loose enough about literature where you can see, like, whoa, this guy knows what's going on. And there's obviously no connection. It was written way before.
3: Well, but I mean, it's it's intended to be talking about human experience so it makes sense it's for you to the be future, able to identify with it's it you still going to relate
0: yeah um it's like man this guy wrote this thing just for me and you know he huh? couldn't have yeah. he wasn't near you he's time wise location wise culture wise but there's something trippy about literature that way that's kind of special in its own self that that might not be so intellectual and, you know because experiences are kind of emotional things you remember things wrong Right, I have. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why? Why does that happen? If memory was accurate, because you want to change them, you don't. You fuck up and make yeah, mistakes. I think
3: there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah, because right. Yeah, mix up their memories. The
0: literature kind of taps in on those peculiar things that aren't so. What I'm trying to get at is maybe writing isn't all so rational.
3: No, no, no. I'm not. And some
0: people, yeah, some people like surreal people, try to exploit. That non-rational. Definitely,
3: right? sure. Uh, uh, but that's uh, sure. There's plenty of parts of literature that don't have to do with strictly <laughs> uh, yeah, rational intellectual thought. But still, you, there's, you can't like. Um, there's no equivalent to a minor chord in literature. You can't say, um, you, you, uh, you know, put uh, these five words next to those, these, these class of five words like, uh, um you know a verb a conjunction and a or whatever next to this class of five words like a noun and all of a sudden you 're going to be sad no yeah. that's, that's saying, yeah. Yeah, that 's that 's all i 'm saying is that the music has this has these, uh, has all these powers that um that when you when when you first start feeling the possibilities of um using them uh, uh, um and you know it's hard to maintain that the problem is uh, you you start playing you write some songs some of the songs work better than others you get into habits um, yeah, and yeah. you find that um, this uh, s- song ha- is really effective somehow and you tend to and you end up tending to kind of repeat doing things that way and um, right, the same and it's, song. it's hard, it's really hard to keep that initial, uh, like, uh, thrill at the infinity of possibilities, you yeah, know? Yeah. You start falling into habits. Track housing. And that's what, like... Uh, conventions are, you know, right, was, the garage goes on this side. <laughs> the porch on that side, right, like that. right, and terrible. So that, that's yeah, and, that and, and a- it's even it's especially hard in rock and roll because um, you're out touring all the time, and you've got to be, um, you know, playing it. Uh, everybody falls into playing the same set every night um, because it's so much easier uh, to do it that way, and. I mean, there's a every once in a while there's an exception, somebody who demands more of themselves, but it's almost always like that. And pretty soon, and everything is done by rote. The thing that you hear them saying that seems so amusing and spontaneous—they <laughs> said the night before. Yeah, right, um, and it just starts all becoming oppressive. Yeah. You, you know, know
0: we were, we were talking about double nickels on the dime. This was a problem. Forty-five pieces of music we've got to keep them from all sounding the same. And what we did was, we used a lot of outside words. I started writing uh, music to other words. I Mm -hmm. kept writing the same fucking riff over and over. Right. Because they were to my words. Hmm. So D-Boomer would just have stuff written, not even to be songs. And I would start getting Georgie, you know, and Jack Brewer's cousin. We were, the landlady's, a landlady left a note about the tub leaking. Uh But it was just to get out of... That was a way for me to get out of the music right, trap right, of track right. housing. Right. Was the other because everybody's got different rhythm in their words. Right, right, yeah. That's you know great. what I mean? Yeah. And that, they're, 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 there's liberating things about both, uh, and confinement things about both disciplines.
3: Yeah, well, I wasn't comparing yeah. it to saying it was any different. I know, but I, it, but I mean, in my mind—I always the am. thing is when you got to go out and be playing yeah. every, every night, night after night after night, and that is like that uh, definitely. Does. I have never written like,
0: songs on tour. No,
3: yeah, can't do it. People do do that, but yeah, I, I can't. I Too much it.
0: focus has to be on that gig and working that.
3: Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it.
0: What I usually do is, here comes time for a record. And it's almost like you're in school and you're cramming for the goddamn. T- so right. many things seem like school. You got to get in front of the class. <laughs> you got to read your report. You got to cram for the test. Sh- shit, yeah. you thought was going to be all gone,
3: right? You yeah, know? I, I thought this I was, was one phase really of my life. Set an alarm clock, man. Right? Uh, there's nothing and about touring uh, more typical than alarm clocks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But um, well, so so just play some more music. Yeah. <laughs>
1: to say
3: so we just heard um Beethoven's
0: we started off
3: we, yeah we started off yeah right the first of those three cuts we just heard was uh uh Beethoven's Sonata number 28 in A Major Opus 101 the first movement you know, the whole thing is like 22 minutes long we just heard the first movement then we heard um Bessie Banks Oh, yeah. Well, the pianist was Anton Querti uh, playing that Beethoven. And then we heard Bessie Banks uh, doing Go Now. Which you from used... From 1964. Uh, oh. Yeah, it, that song, I uh, supplied the uh, title to my first novel called Go Now. When did you write that? 93.
0: Three to ninety-five. And that's the first novel published in ninety-six. Book. You got a lot of little books. You gave me Remember yeah. when I got out of that sickness, and you were doing that reading in beyond Baroque.
3: Uh huh. You gave me a bunch of books. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't. I was out there b- uh, behind a, a a book that had just been published. What year was that? That was two thousand. Um, I guess that was Mayden. Hot and Cold. Was Same that was it was about Hot and Cold had just been published. I came in the. I know you, you'd been in the hospital right you, you drove up
0: there maybe we turned down the fucking I almost died you we were the first time I got out of the house in uh, six seven months all right I know and it was you know Richard Bonney my plumber friend and Pedro told me Richard Al's in town I said I'm getting out that was I, so I was hip. still opened up down there right. I said I'm going
3: <laughs> that was so hip to see you there that was great that was great and the third cut... But those books, were those poem books mainly? What books? That you gave me that night. I don't remember
0: what okay. I gave you. Okay, you gave me books, <laughs> like Not Cold was one. Not Cold is uh, Not
3: Cold, I mean, and maybe Voidoid. You had a, a different version, not this new one you gave me. Uh, there was, the first, uh, yeah, the, the first time that was printed was like in the 90s. I could have had that with me. I yeah. Think.
0: yeah, you did. You gave me, you signed on, them. Right. it was great for me. It was a real spirit lifter after that hell ride yeah. mm. I went and that's my second office source material was that hell ride and I used Dante a Divine Comedy remember the first time oh. I was in
3: this play at yeah. we talked about Dante right. Right.
2: Yeah.
3: um yeah I haven't read that that's on my list um but I read La Vida Nuova which is a Life. book that is one of my favorite books ever. Yeah, uh, But the third cut was uh, Richie Valens doing uh, "Come On Let's Go," um, which still, you know, sounds sounds so uh, real and fresh. Like right? it's right, right, uh, yeah. right in front of you. Um, it's a this is a weird set of music that I grabbed. You know, I mean. Um, most of it is pretty familiar. None of it is really obscure. Probably the least known thing is that Velvets. Well, for sure that uh, is right. <laughs> but yeah. the but it, it's like a it's a wide range of of uh, types of music, and I, I and I and every thing that I played is something that I really really love. Though you know, it could have been any of another you know. <laughs> 200 (laughs) cuts that I have here, but uh, I was curious to see if I just like grabbed them without um consideration of the genre or anything, uh, what it would sound like to juxtapose them. You know, they're they're played basically in random order, I didn't really, um, I just uh, and so I I just wondered what it would come out sounded like playing this weird range jazz and classical and rock and roll and uh but that's universal boys and girls music. and yeah. uh um see seeing, seeing what saying how that worked though I did like I say I noticed um that the big majority of it came from like this one six or seven year period. Like just um just at the end of the fifties, the beginning of the sixties. and Um but uh yeah, we'll see when we when we listen to it back. Um, how that works. <laughs> it's weird because it is. Some of them, I'm sure, it's going to be hard to adjust because they're yeah. so different to go from one cut to the next. Yeah. But I find when it's weird just because we listen to some of them as we're going along. Though most of them, we don't hear much of the music because we're just like like ripping it down to the computer. But um, it's hard to adjust. But then as you listen, you get pulled into the the. Uh, the style of whatever it is you're listening to, since the music is so good, even though it might be much quieter than what you just heard or something. Yeah, you yeah. think it might not just hold try. up or something, yeah. but no, you get. you get. They all have their own worlds. Yeah. You can get pulled into Which it.
0: Which is the personal statement I think music can bring and still be big enough to get on. Get on this boat. <laughs> and I want to thank you for being on this boat, this Walk from Pedro show boat. Being patient with me, tolerant of my
3: stupid questions. <laughs> I'm sorry, again. I get you thought I was giving you a hard time, but um, but I didn't mean to be giving you a yeah, hard time. Just, I'm just like I'm you know, I got I had to be honest because when I'm you know, when I try to deal with uh, certain questions, there's no way that I can handle it. I just have to say sorry. You have to try another one
0: (laughs) because and there's some old stuff in fact destiny street repaired is the old thing coming back and it's valid yeah and it addresses questions that haven't been beaten into the ground right (laughs) Uh, it's been the july 27th 2009 watt from peter show keep your powder dry